Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, Pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Simply an email will get you access to that. I put that together personally, a list of those top 200 drugs, and obviously put in clinical practice pearls as well as some of the most common things you're going to see on board exams and pharmacology exams throughout your career. So uh, definitely worth it. Uh, Simply an email will get you access to that and you can find that free PDF at reallifepharmacology.com. All right, let's get into the drug of the day today and that is semaglutide. Now, if you are a close listener to the podcast, you'll know that I've covered oral semaglutide previously, uh, particularly closer to when the the drug initially came out. Uh, But I wanted to spend some time on injectable semaglutide because there are some uh, differences specifically with regard to the uh, indication that it can be used for. So the injectable semaglutide, this is sub-Q injection given once a week. Uh, You can inject it abdominal area, thigh, upper arm, uh, so whatever's most comfortable basically for the patient. Uh, In my experience, most are going to do the abdominal injection just for comfort's sake. Uh, It's usually the easiest and and simplest and potentially least painful as well. This is uh, injectable semaglutide, brand name Ozempic. Now that is the brand name for... Uh, the dosing that uh, is entailed in type 2 diabetes management. And then there's also a product called Wegovi, which is for weight management or weight loss. So it is important to note with the indications, and this is the one, re- one of the reasons why I kind of separated uh, semaglutide, and, and I'm doing it again here, uh, the oral semaglutide does not currently, at least at the time of this podcast, doesn't have the indication for uh, weight loss and the evidence to to back it up, where the Wagovi product does have that uh, evidence-based medicine for that indication. So again, type 2 diabetes, weight loss management are going to be the main uses of this medication. Mechanism of action, of course, it is a GLP-1 receptor agonist, which I've covered a few of those in the past. It's going to increase insulin secretion, particularly when uh, blood sugars are high or hyperglycemia is present. So it's a what's called a glucose-dependent release of insulin or secretion of insulin. 
also reduces uh, excessive glucagon secretion and slows gastric emptying. And, um, you know, from my experience, my reading, uh, that slowing of the gastric emptying is certainly going to be a helpful component uh, in suppressing that appetite, helping patients feel full, uh, and things of, of that nature. Now, the dosing, I have seen this uh, come up on uh, pharmacology exams, uh, board exams, those types of things. So the dosing for diabetes, or at least the max dose, is actually less than the max dose for the weight loss product, Wigovi. So dosing, we typically are going to start at 0.25 milligrams for four weeks, and then we can slowly increase uh, every four weeks and 0.25 up to 0.5, 1, and then 2 milligram um, is the max recommended dose for type 2 diabetes. With the uh, weight loss product, again, kind of similar process of escalating the dose, 0.25, 0.5, 1 milligram, 1.7, and then the max dose is 2.4 milligrams. Now, with monitoring parameters, obviously, you're going to look at blood sugars. You know, are we bringing them down if we're using this medication for type 2 diabetes? And same thing for weight loss. You know, are we reducing body weight? That's what our, our target is. That's what our goal is. For weight loss, uh, most are going to ideally try to target 5% or more uh, reduction in weight. And that's usually over the period of uh, three months or so. Uh, but again, you're going to want to clinically monitor your patients and make sure that we're um, actually making progress. And if you're not making progress, you know, after two, three months, uh, it makes sense certainly to uh, stop the, the medication if we're not having any benefit there. All right, let's talk about those adverse drug reactions. And I want to kind of loop this into dosing. Uh GI adverse effects are going to be the most common adverse effect with this agent, and it certainly is dose-dependent. So just to give you a few numbers here, so the 2.4 milligram max dose has up to 44% nausea reported, 30% diarrhea, 24% vomiting. So I think what this goes back to is the importance of tapering up slowly and following the dosing schedule with this medication because at the earliest doses, the lowest doses, uh, the incidence of those adverse effects is obviously much lower in the single digits as far as the percentage of people uh, that encounter those adverse effects. And then you get up to 44% for the uh, max dose of uh, 2.4 milligrams weekly. Uh, for that nausea, diarrhea max 30, uh, 30% and then vomiting up to 24% for that max dose. So definitely something to pay attention to, something to educate your patients on. Um, also important that there's, uh, you know, interruptions in therapy. So say a patient, you know, is going to go on an extended vacation or they're gone and they, you know, forgot to bring their medication and they quit taking it for a while uh, or they experienced an issue, you know, maybe affordability, for example, and they interrupt therapy. Uh, in my opinion, it'd be a good idea to probably start back at the original lowest dose and taper back up again. Rather than restarting at a high dose, you're probably going to introduce um, 
the risk for those adverse effects uh, to a significant extent there. Okay, let's talk about adverse effects on the rare side of things. So there is a boxed warning uh, in patients for risk of thyroid-related tumors. So that's something to pay attention to. Uh, it is contraindicated in, in those patients, and it's specifically um, certain types uh, of thyroid cancer and those types of things. So uh, my uh, personal preference in, in practice, if I know somebody has had thyroid issues, if they've had thyroid cancer in the past, uh, that's certainly a patient I'm going to dig into that background a little bit more and see uh, what the scoop was, and then obviously um, assess if semaglutide is contraindicated or not. Uh, other rare things that have been reported, uh, pancreatitis. So that's uh, a rare adverse effect. If you've got a patient with a significant history of pancreatitis or maybe multiple episodes, then you're definitely going to have to weigh that risk versus benefit and potentially avoid uh, an, an, a GLP-1 agonist here uh, if they have uh, that history and if we've got other decent options available, which we do uh, tend to have quite a few options now for diabetes management. Uh, other rare things, angioedema, anaphylaxis, injection site reactions. Uh, an interesting one that I'm kind of watching is the development of antibodies. So basically, your body can develop antibodies to some of these injectable-type uh, medications. And does that really matter uh, clinically? So if you think about what antibodies do, they basically neutralize stuff. Um, and you know, can we have enough antibody production uh, from giving this medication over time and the body reacting to it um, to alter the way the medication works and basically reduce its efficacy? So evidence is pretty kind of shaky either way, and it's definitely one of those things that I'm, I'm kind of following uh, a little bit closely over time as we see these drugs uh, on the market, um, like semaglutide here. Uh, for longer periods of time, do we see that efficacy wane uh, over time? And I think the jury, in my opinion, the jury's kind of still out on that. Uh, but I think it is something to, to pay attention to uh, as we go on in time here. Monitoring parameters, pretty straightforward. You know, for managing diabetes, certainly we're going to monitor blood sugars, A1C. Uh, if patients are uh, not at goal for A1C, uh, we're going to be more aggressive, at least according to the guidelines. We're going to do quarterly monitoring there of A1C. If patients are, are stable at goal, maybe they're around seven or a little bit less and, and they're right where we want them to be, you're probably only going to do that twice a year. And then, of course, monitoring uh, weight loss. You know, uh, We're going to certainly uh, do that if we're using uh, this medication for that purpose. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're a pharmacist looking for board certification study materials, uh, go support our sponsor, meded101.com slash store. We've got a growing list of resources that are updated annually based on guideline changes, new drugs coming out, uh, BCPS, ambulatory care, uh, geriatric certification, BCMTMS, uh, and of course, NAPLEX as well. So uh, go support the sponsor, meded101.com slash store. If you're a nurse, PA, other healthcare professional, uh, we've got lots of other resources as well. MedEd 101 Guide to Nursing Pharmacology, very highly rated, 
people are are have been incredibly uh, kind in the ratings and reviews that we've received on that book. You can find that on Amazon. Uh, also, Perils, Perils of Polypharmacy is a book I put together based upon my experience uh, in geriatrics and some of the challenges in reducing meds, uh, prescribing Cascade, and things of that nature. So plenty of resources for everybody. All those links at meded101.com slash store. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. First and foremost, uh, semaglutide being a diabetes agent. We always think about the risk for hypoglycemia. And in general, it's a pretty low risk when semaglutide is used by itself. Uh, but when you use sphonyurea, insulin, uh, drugs that can uh, that basically are insulin or stimulate the release of insulin, that's going to increase that risk for hypoglycemia. Nice thing about semaglutide, uh, we don't have any CYP enzyme interactions, so that's great. Uh, other things to think about as far as drug interactions go, uh, one thing I recently saw in practice was DPP-4 inhibitors, uh, such as Genuvia, that'd be citagliptin, used with uh, semaglutide. So again, ADA does not recommend using a GLP-1 with a DPP-4 inhibitor, so I just wanted to remind everybody of that. And if you want an analogy, uh, my best analogy, uh, it would be similar to using an ACE inhibitor with an ARB. You know, these drugs kind of work along uh, the same pathway. And so essentially you're kind of doubling up on what you're, you're trying to do there. So uh, that is not typically recommended to use DP, DPP-4 inhibitor with a GLP-1. And then, of course, I always look out for drugs that raise blood sugars that might counteract any benefits with semaglutide. So corticosteroids are a classic example. If you see somebody on a prednisone burst, that'll likely spike blood sugars and uh, counteract any beneficial effects of semaglutide potentially. And then with weight, I pay attention to that as well. So if I see semaglutide, so brand name product is Wigovi there, uh, being used for weight management purposes, as a pharmacist, it is critical uh, to go through that medication list and make sure we aren't worsening that weight condition. So uh, certain antidepressants, I think think of uh, paroxetine, for example, in the SSRI group. That's one of uh, the ones that's probably worst as far as uh, weight gain. Uh, mirtazapine is another antidepressant, not an SSRI, but another antidepressant that tends to be weight positive and, and cause weight gain. Tricyclic antidepressants, obviously sulfonylureas, insulin, those can increase uh, weight gain and potentially counteract any benefits of, of semaglutide. Uh, and one last one is uh, valproic acid. That is definitely one where I've seen uh, weight gain be an issue there. So again, paying attention uh, from a clinical standpoint, reviewing the list of medications if you've got a patient with significant weight gain where we're thinking about adding a drug like semaglutide for weight loss, uh, your first step should always be uh, to make sure medications aren't causing or contributing uh, to an issue that we're trying to treat. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. I hope you found this beneficial. Please do me a huge favor. Leave me a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. It's greatly appreciated. helps us grow the podcast. 
uh, shoot an email out to uh, listservs, uh, pharmacy students, healthcare friends, anyone who might benefit from a little pharmacology education. Uh, this audience has grown organically, and uh, I'm incredibly grateful uh, with how many people listen uh, to the podcast. It's definitely uh, humbling to know and uh, helps keep me on task and sharing uh, what I learn as I practice as a clinical pharmacist. If you want to track me down, got suggestions, comments, uh, questions about study materials on MedEd 101, uh, MedEducation101 at gmail.com. Otherwise, LinkedIn is probably the uh, platform I'm most active on. So you can find me there, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. With that, I'm going to sign off for today, and I thank you all so much for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.